Inspiring stories, practical applications. Doing ministry well. Audible.com and Doing Ministry Well have teamed up to bring you a free 30-day trial so that even if you don't have time to sit down and read a book, you can listen to some of the great resources that are shared here. Sign up at audibletrial.com slash doingministrywell. All right. Hello, everyone, and thank you for checking into another episode of Doing Ministry Well. We are here today in Boardman, Ohio, and this is the first interview from Ohio. We're actually here over uh, some holiday break, so and this is also the first interview with two microphones, so we're moving up in the world, but uh, we are here today with Claire Frame. Claire, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Claire, I'm trying to think. I met you in 2008 <laughs> at Camp Mission Meadows, and you knew my wife before that, right? When, yes. What year did you meet Jess? Um, 2005, I think. 2005. Yes. Okay, awesome. And you also introduced me to Kimio Brown, who we interviewed earlier. Yes, yeah. Kimio and I joined staff together with Campus Crusade for Christ. Awesome, awesome. Well, Claire, tell me a little bit about how long you've been in ministry and what you're currently doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I've been in ministry for almost six years. Uh, the first two years, I was working with Campus Crusade in Slovenia. So overseas, starting a ministry there. Um, But since 2012, I've been working in the Cleveland area with a team. It's kind of a catalytic team. So we start movements and we share the gospel a lot. And we do this on the college campus. And the whole goal is that our college students would make Jesus famous on their campus, but then graduate with the ability to do ministry wherever they're going um, and the ability to walk with the Lord for a lifetime and to engage well in the local church. That's awesome. That's awesome. Let's break that down a little bit. You just said a lot of things. Let's yes. just go back to Slovenia, pioneering a ministry there. Um, what was the focus of that ministry in Slovenia? Yeah, our focus was college students. Uh, we worked at a university that has about 65,000 students. It's the main university in the country. And up until that point, there hadn't been a ministry at that school at all. Um, and we so we start this group and we basically, when we got there, we met a ton of people and we shared the gospel with every single person that we met wow. in hopes that we would meet some people that either knew Jesus or wanted to know Jesus. That's awesome. So we kind of went from there. That's cool. And then here in Ohio, you listed off a lot of awesome things. Let's break that down. What does that look like practically? What are you doing kind of on the day-to-day to achieve those results? Sure. Um, I work at two colleges in the Cleveland area, Case Western Reserve and the University of Mount Union. And my job is basically categorized into evangelism and discipleship. So I spend a lot of time meeting with new students who have expressed some sort of spiritual interest, uh, talking through maybe different things that are standing in the way of them pursuing a relationship with God, and then talking through the points of the gospel, what it is that Jesus did um, and why it matters. And then as far as discipleship goes, I meet with current students who are committed to our ministry and who want other people to know Jesus on their campus. And so I do a lot of training with them as far as how to do ministry, how to lead their peers, and even just basically how to walk with the Lord well. And so um, we meet weekly for a couple of hours, and I kind of advise them as they engage in ministry on campus. That's awesome. Um, When we met for lunch a week ago, um, you mentioned kind of comment cards and having thousands of them and then having to make thousands of phone calls at the beginning of the year. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. So at each of our campuses, um, my team currently works at seven different schools in the Cleveland area. Um, During the welcome week, we will 
go to campus and we'll usually do some sort of giveaway like t-shirts or water bottles or whatever and we will have students fill out these little comment cards and basically it's just a little survey where they get to tell us where they're coming from what they think about religion and their interest as far as learning more and then we as staff we go through all of those cards and we take out all the ones that have positive remarks people who want to be followed up with and The staff, along with some of our student leaders, will then contact every one of those students in hopes of meeting up with them, talking to them more about the gospel, and then helping to plug them in if that's something they're interested in, or even just continue the conversation um, so that we can really be a spiritual resource to the campus. That's awesome. So that's kind of the evangelism arm of things, Mm -hmm. right? That's how you're getting in contact with new students. And then you talked about meeting with students one-on-one discipleship. What what really goes down um, in that process? Yeah. So I have a core of right now I'm only discipling about five women and I meet with each of them weekly for about two hours. And during that time, we'll spend some time just talking about what's going on in their lives, what they've been learning, what they've um, been convicted of, what they've been repenting of, those sorts of things. Um, If there's a specific topic they want to talk about, um, we'll study that together. We spend time in the word together. We spend time praying together. And then usually we'll spend time just talking about their personal ministry. So all of these women that are in discipleship are leading Bible studies. So we'll talk about the girls in their Bible study and where each of them is at and how we can best help them know know Jesus better than they ever have before. Um, And a lot of my girls actually right now are meeting with women that they've just pursued on campus who aren't believers. And so we're constantly having this conversation of, okay, how do I help them understand a little bit more about who Jesus is, about why we need a savior, about... um, why we were created for relationship with God, those sorts of things. And so we just spend a lot of time talking about that. And then one of the really great things I get to do is my girls frequently will invite their friends to meet during our time. Um, They're non-believing friends, and I'll just get to know them, get to talk to them about what's on their hearts, what's going on in their lives, um, and really just continually share the gospel with them through relationship. That's awesome. Is this specific to your kind of chapter of crew or is this kind of crew's college uh, strategy on any campus? Uh, yeah, this is actually Cruz College strategy, so it might it might play out differently campus to campus. But really, uh, the, the goals that we have are all the same and sharing the gospel, being in the word, prayer, um, preparing our students to go out from the campus to make disciples wherever they're going is a crew-wide initiative. That's awesome. That's awesome. Claire, what's been the highlight of your ministry? Um, I would say the highlight has actually happened recently. Um, A lot of the women I'm discipling, I've been discipling for the past three years about. And the coolest thing really has been just seeing growth in their lives, um, seeing their passion for people to know Jesus. When I started meeting with a lot of them, they they were believers, but they were very unsure of even their own identity in Christ, um, just lacked a lot of confidence in themselves, um, in the Lord, and in their ability to actually help someone grow spiritually. And so seeing the contrast between that years ago and now when I talk to these these women and they, it's so funny because I'll meet with them and they'll tell me, um, you know, I shared the gospel with this girl. She put her faith in Christ. This is my plan for how I think I can help her learn wow. to walk with the Lord. This is how I want to help her get connected in the church. Um, this is where I'm going with that. And it's so funny because I... I'm almost obsolete at this point. They'll tell me these things and I'm just like, great, you're 
you're doing it. Um, and so I think that's been the highlight is just seeing seeing their growth, seeing them actually multiplying their faith. Um, it makes me really hopeful because we always talk in crew about how we could fulfill the Great Commission within our lifetime. And seeing these women do that um, gives me confidence that, that, that that's true. Wow, that's awesome. On the flip side of that, what has been your biggest struggle in ministry and how do you feel like you've overcome that? Um, I think the biggest struggle in ministry, and I think a lot of young people in ministry experience this, is just understanding that um, my personal ministry is not dependent on me, that I am not in control of other people's lives, and that it's the Holy Holy Spirit that changes people's hearts and that brings people into relationship with God. Um, in the past, when I first started engaging in ministry, I thought if I present the gospel clearly enough or if my apologetics are on point or if I pursue this person well enough relationally, they'll come to Christ and then, you know, I can teach them everything they need to know. But the reality is, is that the Lord is sovereign over those things. He's sovereign over people's um, spiritual development and over our ministry development. Um, And he's the one that initiates growth and change. And so I think I learned that by failing a lot. (laughs) I uh, tried really hard to force things, I think, my first couple years in ministry. And so I basically just got to a place. I remember my second year in Slovenia, there was a girl who I'd been meeting with for a year and a half, and I shared the gospel with her every week for a year and a half, and there was no movement. Mm. Um, And I remember getting to kind of the end of my rope and being like, all right, Lord, like, I actually, (laughs) I need you to do this because I can't. And really just committing to to prayer for her. Mm. Um, And yeah, kind of opening my hand a little bit and allowing the Lord to actually move in that relationship. And it was really cool because within a couple months, things really started to change and um, her heart and her life changed as a result. And I know that it it wasn't me. So I think that's something that people need to learn um, early on Hmm. as they engage in ministry. That's good. That's good. Claire, if churches are really trying to engage that kind of college age um, group demograph, what advice would you give to them? Um, on how to better engage college students? Mm -hmm. I would say one Mm. of the first things I would say to them is go to campus. Mm. Um, College students can kind of be an insulated group. They don't leave campus a ton. And that's why campus ministry can be so effective is because we're on campus sharing the gospel with them and we go to them. And so I would say if you want college students to come to your church and you want to engage with them, go there, Mm. Um, meet with them there. And then, you know, I would also say call them to responsibility, show them what it looks like to love the church and how they can do that. Give them specifics like one of the ways we love the church is by meeting together. One of the ways we love the church is by serving the church. One of the ways we love the church is by giving all of those things um, and helping just instill in them a love of the local church. that's something recently I've been really convicted about that our students need to know. They need to they need to love the church because campus ministry isn't going to be their life forever. It's their life for four years. So we want to pour into them as much as we possibly can, but we need to prepare them for the church. And so it would be really cool to see local churches that are um, doing that with us. Uh, I'm lucky enough to go to a church that I think does a really good job with that. Um, But I know that that's not the case everywhere. Hmm, That's awesome. All right. Well, we will be right back. And Claire's going to share with us three practical steps to doing ministry well. If you haven't checked out the new doingministrywell.com website, check it out. We chose Swissco to do our overhaul and are so happy with the results. Swissco makes ministry websites beautiful and hassle-free. Schedule a free consultation today at swissco.us. Hi, this is Brian Ensminger. If you enjoyed doing ministry well, we'd really appreciate it if you'd check out the Engaging Missions show, where we deliver God's stories to your earbuds. You can find us at engagingmissions.com. 
All right, and we're back, and we are going to have Claire Frame share with us three practical steps to doing ministry well. Claire, what are those steps? Yeah, um, the first step that I would tell anyone, and I tell my girls this all the time, is walk with the Lord. <laughs> it's really important that you spend time with the Lord, that you're spending time in the Word, studying, time in prayer, um, time meeting with other believers. Um, and I have seen nothing that has been more formative in my own ministry than the things that I've been learning in my time with the Lord. So I would say that is primary. If you're not doing that, you need to take a step back. Um, the second step that I would give is to ask others for constructive criticism. So I'd be asking people around you, maybe other people in ministry, what they're seeing, um, maybe ideas they have about how you could um, be more effective or um, maybe just what your blind spots are. You know, I think it's really easy to kind of get tunnel vision and not necessarily notice that um, maybe something's going on over here that we could really be working with. And so I think there's a lot of people around you that you could be gleaning wisdom from. Um, so I would say seek out other people for that and even just be really humble in taking criticism well. Um, you have the freedom to fail in ministry. Um, we're stepping out in faith and the power of the Holy Spirit and leaving the results up to God. So you have the Lord to trust in in that. So take risks. Um, and the third thing I would just say is practice Thanksgiving. Mm. I think it can be really easy to forget what the Lord has done. Um, the Lord has used you and is going to and is going to bring his work to completion. So I like to take a step back frequently and look at how the Lord has just changed thing, what things, what he's been doing, um, and even just examine what he's doing now. Um, and Thanksgiving is, it, I mean, it's a biblical command. So I would say do, do that. And I think it'll make your ministry a lot more fruitful and even just enjoyable. Those are good. Let's break those down a little bit. You said, number one, just walking with the Lord. What does that look like for you personally? What does your daily disciplines look like? What does your quiet time look like? Yeah. Um, well, I'm a big reader, <laughs> so there's a lot of different um, books that I'm frequently reading. For the past couple of years, I've been um, really focused on uh, my theology of God's sovereignty. And so that's a, something I've been stu studying a lot. Um, recently, I've also been studying the book of Hebrews. So um, got a couple commentaries I've been reading, and that's something I try to do a couple times a week. Um, but also prayer is just like a regular daily thing that needs to be occurring. Um, I read a really book, good book last year, and I've actually been rereading it this year called Prayer by Tim Keller. Um, I think it gives a really good outline for how to pray um, in a way that we can really engage in it and not just kind of um, get distracted or drift off into other things. Um, I found it really helpful. So I guess those would be th th three things that I do regularly. Hmm. Good, good. And the second thing you said was just inviting constructive criticism. Um, I liked what you said, uh, taking constructive criticism well. I think that's going to be my next podcast where I just sit people down and uh, constructively criticize them. Yeah, <laughs> see, how they take it. see how they take it. Uh, Great idea. Yeah. Um, no, so talk to me a little bit about that process and kind of Give me an example of that in your own life where you've invited that criticism and what that looked like for you. Mm -hmm. um, an example that um, actually everyone on staff with crew is required to do this within their first few years on staff. Oh, wow. um, but one of the things that we do is we invite other staff members who have maybe been on staff a little bit longer to come to our Bible studies or to come to our discipleship times and just observe what mm. we're doing. Um, and the goal of that really, one of it is they can, they can encourage and affirm the things that we're doing well. But another thing is that um, they can just give us tips on maybe um, how to ask better questions or how to better engage with our students or maybe even there's something going on in the life of my student that I'm not seeing. Hmm. Um, so really, ultimately, what it's going to allow us to do is help people to know Jesus better. And so I think um, 
that's something I like to do is invite people in. But I also think it's so valuable when I remember that this is about other people knowing Jesus better. It's not about my pride. Mm. And so that's why I'm open to anyone coming in and being like, hey, have you thought about doing things this way? Or maybe that's not the greatest idea. Yeah, that's good. And the last thing, just Thanksgiving. I think that's that's huge. It's something I feel like God's really been working on me in the last last year as well. So what are what are some just specific things that you're thankful for right now? Yeah, um, I think recently I've just been really, really thankful for some of the older members on my staff team. Um, they have more ministry experience than I do. And through the years, they've been really gracious with me and patient with me as I've just learned um, how to do uh, my job better, how to better disciple women and share the gospel better. Um And it's actually, you know, one of the coolest things I remember when I was living overseas is we spent so much time sharing the gospel. um, And every day I would go out with a different person to share the gospel. And it's just really interesting because we're all sharing the same thing, but just hearing um, the different ways in which different people present it. I'm really thankful for that opportunity to get to do that with different people because it's really... um, it's really refined how I think about the gospel um, and the ways that I'm able to kind of weave that into all the different conversations I'm having. Um, So I think for me, I'm just most thankful for the people around me that I've been able to pull little tidbits from over time. Hmm. That's great. That's great. Last question um, for today. And I might, this probably won't be the last question, but uh, (laughs) what's been inspiring you lately? Is there any books or resources uh, that have really been serving as inspiration? Yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned a little bit that for the past couple of years, I've been thinking a lot about the sovereignty of God. And I've been thinking a lot about that in the as it relates to pain and suffering in our lives and in the world. Um, if you are a human being living on this planet, you will experience those things. And so I read the book Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering by Tim Keller. Um, if you can't tell, I'm a Tim Keller fan. Um, I read it a couple of years ago, and I've reread it probably three or four times since then, um, because I think it just... It's so applicable to our lives, and it really, it really reshapes the way we think about God's control and His care of us. And if if we're reshaping that, then we're able to see even the hard things in our lives as purposeful um, and as contributing to our sanctification. And they really allow us to have a, a right view of God as we deal with the brokenness of ourselves and of the world. Um, so that's one of them. Another book I just started reading is called Surprised by Hope by N.T. Wright. I think hope is something that's just been kind of coming up in my life over the past few years, um, maybe just realizing that um, it's something that I, I lack um, and something that I, you know we're commanded to do in the Bible. Um, and so it's something I've been wanting to study a little bit more. And so that book so far has been really good. So check it out. If it's terrible, I'm, I haven't read the whole thing, so <laughs> not my fault. Um, but yeah, so I would look at that. And I think another thing, just a resource that we we have as believers is like the pastors and the elders at our church. Um, use them as a resource. Meet with them. Ask them your questions. Um, mm. That's something I really enjoy doing. And honestly, I think it's really encouraging to them um, to be able to engage with people who just like want to walk well with the Lord. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you kind of hit on it. This was going to be my last question. I know that you're um, speaking at a conference coming up. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what the topic is going to be? Yeah. So this um, February, Crew Cleveland, which is the branch of crew I'm working with right now, is having a women's conference for um, the women of our movements. And the theme is actually going to be hope. Um, so we we really want to inspire and 
women that we're working with just hope in God's goodness and um, that he's doing something and hope in, um, hope in the gospel, um, that he has redeemed us, that he is redeeming us, and that he will ultimately redeem us. And so the topic that I actually get to speak on at this conference is um, walking with God through pain and suffering. So um, we'll be talking about what it looks like to hope in light of the brokenness we experience um, in ourselves and around us. Hmm, that's good. I've noticed that a lot of times the topics that we kind of gravitate to as preachers are the topics that we really need to hear the, hear the most ourselves. Would you agree with that? I would totally agree with that. So let's let's talk a little bit about your journey through hope in pain and suffering. What uh, How has that touched you personally and how has that given you an authority to speak that truth and that hope into other people's lives? Yeah, um, I think pain and suffering first became relevant to me probably when I was living in Slovenia. Um, I saw a lot of people just around me experiencing really hard things in life, and I just mourned with them. And for a long time, I think my theology of God's sovereignty was really, really kind of whack. And so um, I could not rationalize that there was a good um good God who was entirely in control that would allow these sorts of things to happen. And I couldn't see how he could actually use pain and suffering um, for something that would glorify himself and be for our good. And so that kind of started then, but then it just continued to unravel after I came home as I saw um, just brokenness in my life, in the life of my families, uh, and just things going on there. Um, A lot of things, I mean, I think I saw a lot of um, in me, uh, loneliness, which I realize is like part of the human condition. <laughs> um, and seeing that in the lives of people around me, seeing people struggle with um, divorce and miscarriages and addiction and things like that, um, and not being able to rationalize them. And so it really, those circumstances really made me have to press into this topic and refine what I actually believe. That's good. That's good. Did you read Donald Miller's most recent book? No, I did not. I can't. I can't think of the name of it right now, but I'll, I'll put it, it in the show notes. It has a yellow cover, doesn't it? No, that's he's written one since then. Oh, okay. And uh, something that I really liked in there was he was talking about getting married and how that really doesn't fulfill the loneliness that we have yeah. for the Lord because that loneliness is is there because we want Jesus. That's the God shaped hole. Mm-hmm. And he really just said that marriage doesn't fulfill that, but it gives you a lifelong partner to share that loneliness with. And I just thought that was a really interesting perspective. Yeah. So Claire, awesome, awesome interview. I really appreciate you. Um, I, I really look up to you in ministry. I really do. I think you're doing, Thanks. doing excellent. And I just love the way that you're strategic, that crew is strategic and that you've really jumped on board with that, that you have a heart for evangelism and discipleship, and you're really training up the next generation of young women on college campuses to further the kingdom. So thank you for your work. Um, Claire, would you just close us out by praying for our listeners? Sure. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Father God, I thank you so much uh, for this time to just talk about ministry and ultimately to talk about you and talking about how to help people love you more. Lord, I thank you for the listeners of this, that you would, um, yeah, just allow them to have really sweet time with you, Lord, allow them to know you accurately and to rejoice in who you are and that um, you have redeemed us and that you have a plan um, for us and for the world, Lord. Um, So I pray that you would just use us well, that you would allow us to learn and allow us um, to apply things to our own personal ministry and ultimately that we would make you famous, that we would make much of you in every conversation that we have and that people would come into knowing you as a result, Lord. So we thank you for being good and it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Claire, thanks so much for being on the show. No problem. If you've enjoyed this episode of Doing Ministry Well, you can help us out by rating, commenting, and subscribing on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your friends. 
Check out the podcast notes to find out more about today's guests and other resources. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on who we should interview next, contact us at doingministrywell.com. If you'd like to find out more about me, your host, visit my blog at jimjessbaker.com. That's Jim, Jess as in Jessica, baker.com.